Hey, everybody, welcome back to Monday. It is going to be a huge Monday and it's going to be a huge week on this weekend yeah. startups because the news keeps coming. Keeps it's coming. a big week. There was a big news dump on Friday, tons of stuff over the weekend and some great interviews coming this week. I'm going to interview one of the commissioners at the FCC about them wanting to ban TikTok. Before that, though, we'll do the Monday news dump. The Friday news dump was uh, huge, too. So before we get into the new news, we're going to talk a little bit about the Twitter deal or no deal situation still evolving, even as we're talking about it. Yeah, and there's big news in the Uber world. Uh, there has been a document dump by a former uh, Uber executive uh, in Europe. And then also Uber launched over the weekend, I noticed, uh, ads, which could be geolocated. I think that's going to become a billion-dollar business. And then, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the information, as usual, getting the inside dirt on drama at Apple over its self-driving car project. It is a bit of a hot mess hot mess it's gonna be a great show stick with us this week in startups is brought to you by dell for startups provides key solutions for all your startup needs a dedicated tech advisor will get to know your business goals and deliver customized solutions for rapid tech enablement with top business class pcs and accessories apply for dell for startups and get an additional 10 percent off of all dell latitude products at dell.com slash twist. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, providing access to easy, affordable, and private professional counseling anytime, anywhere. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash twist. And Thorn. Thorn empowers people to take control of their long-term well-being with a proactive science-based approach to health. Through a variety of at-home tests, Thorne teaches you about what your body needs and provides the right, high-quality, certified nutritional supplements for you. To get started and take 10% off your first order, head to thorne.com slash you slash twist. All right, it looks like uh, Elon has called off the Twitter deal. Twitter's board is saying that they're going to take him to court and go through uh, the deal terms, I know nothing, just to be clear here, if uh, folks want to insinuate that I am a, what do they call that word, like a surrogate or something like that? Uh, mm. I literally know nothing, I haven't talked to Elon about any of this. So, but it looks like this is heading to court, potentially, I don't buy that. Uh, but go ahead and fill us in on some of the details, Molly. Yeah, I, I mean, the details are sort of, as you said, Elon Musk sent this letter saying, uh, I want to cancel the deal because the bot problem is significant and materially relevant and they haven't given us the the information that we've asked for um then twitter's board tweeted you know <laughs> it takes you can't that's not how contracts work basically you can't just be like i canceled this contract that i signed so they yeah. said we're going to take you to court in delaware and force you to go through with the deal at presumably the price that he agreed upon which is way more than what twitter is worth now of course this morning elon musk tweeted that he would be thrilled to go to court and force some discovery on the bot problem. Twitter has hired a high-powered legal firm to try to force the deal through. And honestly, the only person I listen to on this ever is Matt Levine. <laughs> because yeah, he's pretty he's smart. Always just, I mean, and he just is like, look, there's every chance that he will that Elon Musk will bury everybody in lawsuits and walk away from this thing completely, or maybe pay the billion dollars. But like fundamentally, this is not how contracts work. You don't th there is no you signed an agreement. Like diligence is the thing that you do before you sign the contract. Once you've signed the contract, it, it's not legally defensible necessarily to just be like, nah, I don't want to anymore. Well, there is this like 
concept of fraud. And so we don't know what will come up in discovery. Right. All it takes is for one person in even a rank and file person says, hey, I don't you think these this 5% number is legit, or I think it's more like 6% or it's 12%. And all of a sudden, the entire uh, thing blows up because who knew that who knew what when and, and that's really the the nuance here i think is what comes up in discovery nobody knows what's going to come up and then also there's a gamesmanship here like does really does twitter want to go through two three four five years of this who knows how long this will take right i, I don't think this tends to be you know uh, i think this tends to be measured in years these kind of uh legal uh fights so years of discovery years of debating this and then you have to then calculate how many other lawsuits are going to pop up. So if they can't come to a settlement, which is what this is obviously going to happen in my mind is there'll be some sort of settlement here, either a different price, uh, or, you know, maybe additional investment from Elon. I thought that, I think that might be I heard some people speculating that. So Elon says, you know what, I own whatever 10%, I'll go up to 20%. And uh, I'll join the board or whatever. And uh, let's just move on. And that's what Evan Williams said, you know, the, uh, the co founder of Twitter was like, yeah, I think it's time to move on and put this ugliness behind us. So we'll see what happens. We'll monitor it. I think this is going to be a long drawn out process. Uh, mm -hmm. And then eventually end in a way for both parties to save face and come to an agreement, uh, you know, a settlement and a settlement will be painful or to both parties. But my Lord, what what drama and craziness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's gonna be I interesting mean, to watch. Uh, no matter what, I think it will have done pretty lasting damage to twitter like certainly to morale certainly to you know executives have left certainly to the the brand itself there's going to be this ongoing kind of speculation and question about the bot thing and yeah, which twitter has linger. been very yeah. consistent on but it's going to linger and and i think yeah. it's just gonna it's likely going to get a lot uglier which gives me actually a really good piece of advice here which is if there can be uh some path to resolving the bot problem once and for all that could be the upside in this. Hey, yes, of course, there's been a bot problem. Everybody in the industry's had it. And this whole, uh, you know, acquisition, and then it, the acquisition not happening has uh, given us, you know, newfound resolve and uh, a lot of great feedback on how to solve the problem. And hey, we've squashed it. And here's how we squashed it. They could actually come up with a system of saying like, you know, some transparency. That's the thing I think it's sort of missing here. That's kind of strange is that Twitter's not saying like, hey, listen, here's all the numbers. And here's how we solved it. Uh, which maybe they'll do at some point is just explain to everybody, here's the actual number of bots, here's how we define bots. They haven't been clear enough about that. And I think that's why all this speculation here is but that could be actually a silver lining. I do think all this attention on Twitter, as a, you know, this incredibly valuable product or service, I think is going to make Microsoft or another company come out and make an offer for it. So I have no inside information on that. But I, I could just imagine people looking at this going, yeah, smartest guy in the world most successful entrepreneur of our time, arguably the best product, you know, person since Steve Jobs, mm, if he likes it, maybe we should buy it. And maybe there's some massive value here. And I do think there's massive value if you could have competent product and leadership and not a revolving door at Twitter. I was thinking over the weekend, I was talking to some friends in a chat, I was like, is there a company that at scale has been less competent on a product basis than um, Twitter? We can only think of one company. What company do you think in the modern era, you know, our lifetimes hit scale, but mm -hmm. just felt like it was a revolving door of leadership and they couldn't get their product act together, yet they were still very successful at, 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 during a period. 
what company comes to mind? An internet company that hits scale. Yeah. See if anybody in the chat room can guess. Think of a company I mean, that you used a lot. It is not AOL. AOL was just really never good at product. Um, you know, if you look at AOL's products, but you're you're in the zone, Nick. Is it uh, that old? Because I got to say, I'm inclined to say it's Google. Yahoo. It's Yahoo. Oh, it's Yahoo. Nick <laughs> got it. Yeah. Very, very well done. Yeah. Bob G got Yahoo. Zachary got Yahoo. Yeah. A bunch yeah. of nobody started saying it. So you look at Yahoo, like we all used Yahoo. It had these great products. Yahoo Mail was great. Yahoo Flickr was great. Uh, finance was great. The homepage was great. Entertainment stuff was good. You know, you find yourself going there for news stories once in a while. Yahoo Messenger was great. But they could just never keep it together. And it was just, I think, weak leadership when David Philo and Jerry Yang kind of left. It was just nobody there who cared enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, the chat is pointing out eBay, which I think is is also a, yep. a good example of that. And then I would argue that I think Google is mm. potentially headed in that direction in some oh, ways. Yes. Like, yeah, they're, sure. they're great at the core, but don't have the focus. Like, they just Actually, don't. Actually, it's a good and observation. Whenever they launch, like, hardware, they don't stick with it. You know, I mean, all the efforts at chat. Like, I think they're in that kind of drift phase. And we could be saying that about them in a while. Uh, the founders are no longer there uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And so they could definitely go that way. And in fact, I was tweeting at Sundar about this whole Nest, which is was the greatest like camera system you could get for a long time. And then they kept releasing the Nest cameras, but then they said, you have to use Google Home. And Google Home is the worst app ever created in the App Store, like literally the worst. And so every Nest fan is like, I just want to use Nest. And like, so I have Nest, but the three new cameras I got don't work on the Nest app. They only work in Google Home. So I have two mm -hmm. apps. And Google Home is unusable. And Nest was like a single feature app like Sonos or Apple TV where it just works and it does what it's supposed to do. And then Google Home is like, do you want to create macros to turn your lights on to do this when your temperature hits this? And we're like, no, no, we don't want that. We just want right. to pop up a beautiful app and see our camera and save a clip. The end. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. We're not looking to do, do anything fancy here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would so say the counter argument for Twitter, though, is that it has new leadership as of fairly recently but he's been there for a long time has right? been had been shipping products like we had started to see improvement there was twitter That's spaces true. there was twitter blue we had started to see improvement and i think the counter argument to what you're saying is that actually elon musk came in and blew it up and stopped it cold and whatever momentum that twitter had been developing from a product perspective was crushed like well, i don't know if it's crushed i mean they're still the releasing product pretty quickly you know like they keep well they releasing froze stuff. releases because um, of this acquisition I thing the, i don't think that's I mean, actually true terrible I don't, I, morale's okay. a problem it's definitely the most overstaffed and lazy group in Twi silicon valley everybody knows that like they does everybody know that or does elon know that no that's that? i mean basically that existed long that when jack ran the place that that was like the criticism of like they can't ship product they got so many people like it's bloated which was what they said about yahoo as well by the way right she'd have to cut it so this this that that existed long before so you this know, is on Elon. Jack. Well, and then I think now Jack is gone and better leadership came in. And frankly, I think well, Elon no, no. came in and stomped it, on it. The the better leadership is was there for seven years, right? So Parag was there for seven or eight years, I think. He's not like he's not like a new guy to the, you know, and leader there. He's, he's kind of the old regime. But the, you know, the, to your point of like they were supposed to stop releasing stuff, we just got co-tweets and communities. So mm, I, they're still releasing stuff. So maybe they're not releasing. Maybe they're releasing stuff that was on a pre-approved timeline or something. Schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard to know. But they did increase product velocity. Twitter Blue was a miss. Communities 
I think is going to be a hit. What else did they release? Spaces has been a kind of a hit. Spaces was a, yeah, that's a hit. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I think it's a niche hit, but sure. The, but Twitter's a niche product. Like that's what I no, feel like. I nobody, don't know. Mm, no. I don't know. I think it's like it's on the cusp of being bigger than niche. A hundred million people is not niche. Like twenty million would be niche. It's niche compared to Facebook, right? By two yeah. billion people, right? But it's a product for. I don't know. A specific, I don't think of it as a full featured, like live your life social network. It's like broadcasting. It's like for journalists and primarily, yeah. right? It's like flooded with the tech industry. Like I know, like if you're an average everyday person and you come to Twitter and you start to try to use it, mm. it's, you, you find it like boring and baffling. That is 100% Twitter's fault. But mm. it, you know, it is a company that has been like sort of happy to be that. Lots of remote employees are traveling this summer. And if you want to keep your employees' performance high while they're on the road, you need to get them a Dell Latitude laptop. And I'm going to give you an awesome discount code from Dell for Startups. If you're a founder, you need to apply for Dell for Startups. And here's why. You'll get access to a team of expert IT advisors. These experts will provide you with customized solutions to make your tech stack world class. Dell will help you access capital for building out your tech stack and you'll get exclusive discounts. And you know we love Dell at launch. In fact, we sent every new employee a beautiful 39-inch ultra-sharp curve monitor. And that's my personal favorite. Such a beautiful monitor. If you want to have that working remote lifestyle, you need to have the right equipment, and Dell is the best. So here's your call to action. Apply for Dell for Startups today, and you'll get an additional 10% off all Dell Latitude laptops and tablets. Just head to dell.com slash twist. That's dell.com slash twist. Hey, do me a favor, producer Nick. I want to get the latest Dell one. Can you get me one? Because I want to play a little video games as well. I got to get into StarCraft 2 and maybe play some Age of Empires. Get me a new one when I'm on the road. Oh, you know, building on our conversation from last week of how good the TikTok algorithm is, um, for better or worse, <laughs> you know, like, it's yep. really good. <laughs> what if Twitter, when you're a new user, just gave you the best of, and mm-hmm. then as you interacted with stuff, it just went full algorithm? And then said, you know, you could follow stuff. And then if you swipe left, that you know, they have like the people you follow. And they just, instead of trying to blend those two things as one, they just said, we're just going to copy TikTok's approach, which is here's the people you follow. Mm-hmm. And then here's the best of. So take the explore tab for new users and make the explore tab for them. And then as they see stuff and they interact with it, if they favorite it, you show more. So if you start favoriting NBA, you show more. As opposed to like Twitter's, you know, kind of, legacy of separating those things right if you want to explore you got to click on and say i'm in explore mode and then the algorithm kind of serves you what you missed but they kind of have hedged it seems like going all in on one or the other is the way to do it and if you wanted to go mass and double the user base probably going the tiktok route would be the best way you could yeah it's not for me but it would definitely be for the other right you know whatever it feels like historically twitter has chosen to be closer in spirit to reddit than to Facebook or TikTok. Yeah. Even Reddit is now, I think Reddit is doing an algorithm on their homepage. Mm. And yeah. it used to be like you follow your groups, but now I think they're And it's based a little bit on like what you're into and right, exactly. Yeah. But hard algorithm, I, I would call this like, yeah, hard algorithm or populist algorithm, populist algorithm, mm-hmm. would, you know, because it's like, here's the most popular stuff, but it's the most popular customized to you as opposed to customized to you based on your explicit feedback. Anyway, God, it's still such an inspiring platform and I'm still so addicted to it. I was like, God, I'm spending too much time on Twitter, but it's so intellectually engaging for me, you know? Like if you're an intellectually curious person who likes to talk, 
God, it just, it just hits that nerve of like, I need to talk to people. I need to have a really good debate. I need to, you know, uh, go deep on a subject. And I, I just love it for that. Hmm. I feel like you're, you just described a niche product. I did. <laughs> yes. No, for me. Exactly. Yes. For me, it is a niche but product. But that's what yes. you have to want is you have to want to do that. And you have to have the, the, the thick skin to be able to take it. Like I increasingly in the past, I mean, I would say over the past like seven or eight years have found the transaction cost on Twitter to be high enough that I don't mm. find it fun to go there yeah. and engage people and have a conversation because there's always like somebody responding way too literally, somebody uh, yelling at me about the Bots. seven nuances that I miss. No, people. Oh, actually, like the, I'm that. sorry. I think the bot thing is a total red herring. And I mm. do. I think the bot thing is a really big problem if you have a million followers plus. Yeah. I don't have that. I have. Mm rude jerks yeah. right or i also, have like you're internet, a woman, internet so, pedantics yeah. Yeah. right but that's what i'm saying it's a niche product for like white guys with huge followings who have a lot of fun and don't get yelled at that much that's well, I, niche. Get, I get yelled at um I, you know people come at me it's pretty just not hard. as fun yeah it I, used to be a lot more fun and now i can find I, those I, conversations to my group chats I, I agree that it's become less and less fun and talking in your group chat is better that's why i think they released oh wait they released another feature the circles feature so code circles, circles and community, all three of those are really interesting. You know, yeah. the, right, well so the product great. velocity is good. Leave there. it alone, Elon. The product velocity is great. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, pay your billion dollars and move on. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they want to let him off for the billion. If that was the case, I think it would have happened. They want to go for the whole. Well, I'm assuming he is not saying he's willing to pay the billion dollars. Yeah, well, come on. Yeah, it's not like he's. It's not like he sent a letter that was like, "I don't think this deal is good for either of us. Let's mm. break up." Here's the billion dollars. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, who knows what's happening in behind closed doors? I mean, the, the, one of the problems here is like, if your Twitter management, if your Twitter, Twitter's board rather, like, what do you do in a situation like this? You, you have to fight for getting the best price, but you also have to look at the downside of a protracted legal battle. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty obvious to anybody who's close to Twitter or who knows people there that it's, completely mismanaged and that like the stuff that's going to come out is not going to be pleasant um to say the least like there is i'm not going to lie there's like a tiny part of me though that just I'm, i would be like i would watch twitter go bankrupt i would watch twitter bankrupt itself just trying to hold this guy accountable <laughs> and just being like fine let's go here's yeah, it's not everything happen. yeah yeah it's, they it's, won't it's, it'll be a settlement It'll be settlement. It'll probably take. I, I, my guess is I have no inside information. I'm just handicapping based on what I've seen in the industry. Is six to nine months from now, there's some easy settlement. The market comes back. The stock price goes up. So the delta between the current stock price and the sale price gets narrowed. The company does better, et cetera, et cetera. They, I mean, what they wrote the power move would be for Twitter to get permission to do layoffs and stuff like that to make the business even stronger, right? So if the business looked stronger, and the only way yeah. the business can look stronger is by cutting a third of the staff, that's what Yahoo needed to do for a long time. And it, yeah. it took the private equity folks uh, to be able to do that. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Hey, listen, we all know the startup grind can be really overwhelming. And a ton of people in our industry are dealing with burnout. And some you might not even know they're dealing with burnout. They hide it, right? But you know the symptoms. Fatigue, lack of motivation, maybe some irritability on the margins, eh, all of those things, right? And we associate burnout with work. But that's not the only cause. You ever try to raise kids while running a startup? Trust me, not easy. 
And you might have personal life. You might have things from your childhood. There's a lot of things that you may have on your mind that are keeping you from being your best self and running your company at the level you want. So BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. And talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. Obviously, you know this, but you haven't prioritized it. So go ahead and prioritize it. And understand that BetterHelp is customized online therapy. It offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. And you can do it on your schedule. And you can do it remote, all that good stuff. So Twist listeners can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Twist. That's BetterHelp.com slash T-W-I-S-T. Go ahead and take care of yourself, okay? All right, let's talk about another one of your favorite companies. <laughs> Which one is that? Oh, Uber, and this bananas go. Uber story. It's not, I don't know. I don't even know if that it's that bananas. It sort of feels like another version of things that everybody knew at the time. But the Guardian obtained over 124,000 leaked internal documents from Uber's global expansion phase under Travis Kalanick. Uh, there were some pretty interesting findings. The leaks covered this period between 2013 and 2017 when it was like go hard, grow everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it includes more than 83,000 emails, iMessages, WhatsApp messages, covers over 40 countries, and they're going to go full kind of facebook whistleblower on it all these um, publications including the washington post and the bbc are going to publish all these reports under the uber files mm. um i liked How it when it was leak? the facebook files like, where but are now, these documents well, so from do they actually, say this morning yeah this guy came out mark mcgann who was uber's former head of european expansion mm-hmm. and revealed that he leaked the documents he said he's a whistleblower and then he quit in 2016 over huh. uber's culture he thought his family might be at risk because of the backlash huh against uber and then now he said they want to make amends. he wants to make amends because he thinks they sold drivers um, and consumers a lie huh okay um so the documents you know these are the guardians takeaways we have not seen these documents um but they cover a lot of this global expansion question some mm-hmm. of the risk uh, of violence when there were big backlashes in places like brands one thing that's really interesting actually is um the documents reveal a very close working relationship with emmanuel macron yeah. Which is kind of interesting that he was, was he really president like, at the time or no, he was the chief no? economic. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, right. Economy minister. minister. Economy. Yeah. yeah. Allowed uh, Uber frequent and direct access to him and his staff. Uh, he was texting with Kalanick a lot. Apparently he seems to it's have gone to extraordinary right? lengths to help Uber. Well, they were having like violent protests. And what's interesting about that is that at that point, like there were these really violent taxi driver protests, I think in France. Um, I, I kind of remember scenes of people like kicking doors and yeah, I mean, it was intense protesting, but I don't, I don't think anybody got beaten or murdered or anything. I think it was like banging on cars and blocking intersection type violence. Yeah, that I don't remember. Described as violence. Yeah. I, okay. No, I don't anyway. think I, I, I would, I would remember, you know, like I, I, obviously I was tracking all this stuff as an early investor. I don't remember mm-hmm. any of those protests ever becoming like people were beaten up they were intense but there wasn't like a shooting at a thing or a person beat up or anything like that because i do remember uber also had this issue outside their offices like it there was some pretty intense um in san francisco here on market street they were pretty intense uh protests right because people would send it to me like oh my god look what's going on outside the uber office but it wasn't people being beat up kind of thing that i remember i don't don't know i'm i'll 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 look um taxi drivers let's see in 2015 set fire to vehicles and blocked major roads yeah 
Uh, that anyway, I remember. I didn't remember the fire. I remember blocking roads, but I remember setting a car on fire. Wow. Two of them. Angry taxi driver. Uh, somebody was dragged from his van. An Uber oh, really? driver was dragged from his van in France. Oh, how terrible. And then they slashed his tire, smashed his window, and set it on fire. Ah, okay. That, that was probably the peak of it. Yeah. That, is, that would be violent. violent, yes. Attacking um, a driver would be, and pulling them out of the car is very violent. And then what these documents suggest is that there were texts saying, in which, like in which Travis Kalanick said, I think it's worth it about this violence. Violence guaranteed success. And these guys must be resisted, agree that the right place and time must be thought out. He, of course, has responded since his camp and said, like, we would no. never condone violence against our own no. drivers. Nobody would ever condone it. I mean, it's obvious they were probably thinking strategically, if the cab drivers are going to beat up the Uber drivers, that is, you know, unacceptable and probably a good PR angle, right, to work uh, if you're trying yeah. to say, hey, like, please don't beat up drivers. And like in defense of our drivers, please don't slash their tires. Yeah, I can understand that. Let's see. The current head of Uber Eats appeared to throw Travis under the bus a little bit saying, uh, I regret some of the tactics used to get regulatory reform for ride sharing in the early days. Looking back, he said I was young and inexperienced and too often took direction from superiors with questionable ethics. Mm. And I guess Doris come out and said, hey, listen, we're not going to make excuses for these things. And, you know, it's not our present values, which I think you know, you look at I, I look back at those go go days, I didn't have an operational role at the company. Um, and my role was to say like, hey, are we, you know, when I would talk to management or, you know, which was, you know, like maybe every month or two, I would talk to Travis or, you know, Emil or whoever, just to, you know, uh, be a sounding board or something. It wasn't I don't want to overstate <laughs> my uh, influence, obviously, uh, especially in the later days. But, you know, it, they went very aggressively to um, go into markets where they were told they weren't allowed. And so if you want to change the world and, you know, you, you want to have Airbnbs or ride sharing and people are debating it and you've got the forces of the cab company against you. And, you know, was, there were some gnarly forces uh, on the other side of this. It was a bit of basically a battle for should people be allowed to do ride sharing? That's what this all comes down to is, mm -hmm. you know, the protectionist cab lobbies versus you know, a new way to do it that's cheaper and better. And, you know, obviously, there's a lot at stake. And uh, it's there's a lot at stake. I think it was I mean, it was yeah. obviously full court. I, I don't I think it is clear that the tactics were aggressive, like we should oh, not yeah, pretend that they sure. weren't aggressive. And that it did, yeah. in fact, end up, you know, it resulted in Uber drivers being beaten up by taxi drivers. You can sort of say like, well, does yes, it say that he was beaten up? He just said he was pulled from the car. It there were occurrences, I've Googled it since, there were okay. other occurrences in which Uber drivers were beaten up by taxi drivers. Oh, really? And yeah. the suggestion in these documents is that Uber was like, yeah, that's going to happen and it's going to make the taxi industry look bad. Yeah, and it would make you look that, really that bad. that is a yeah. win for us. Now, it did make the taxi industry look bad, right? It, yeah. There was protectionism. It does, it all, and also, yeah. and Uber wanted to win and they wanted to, to disrupt yeah. this industry. And also, they were ugly when they needed to be. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And that's been well reported. And these documents just seem to like say that all over again. By the way, I should point out Macron. I thought that was the most interesting part because he just was sort of narrowly reelected and mm. apparently is already facing some investigation over that internally. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, it, this is the other double edged sword when you have a company that consumers love. Because remember, in the early first half of Uber was this is the greatest company. When does it come to my town? Right. People forget that part of. God, I can't wait till we have Uber and I don't have to pay, overpay for, you know, a ride from the airport or wait on an hour line, yada, yada, or I can't get a cab in Brooklyn. 
you know, or I'm a minority and I can't get, you know, uh, a person of color in Manhattan, you know, would get passed over for a cab and they would just pick a, a white guy. All of those great things made people were rooting for Uber. That was kind of the tough part, if I'm being honest, like being an investor is going from the world is rooting for this company to now like people are starting to root against it. You know, um, mm -hmm. the 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 truth of it is, is, is we're here on this week in startups. Every time one of these controversies happened, you know what happened, Molly? More people use Uber. More downloads. Yeah. Every single time. I mean, there was that mini delete Uber thing that did cause them to panic and that forced a lot of change. There was that like was in the uh, show. about five, I would say about five points of market share. You could contribute to like the peak chaos. Um, if I remember correctly, as it was explained to me, uh, like maybe they lost five points to Lyft. Um, when people are like, I, I've, I've had enough of this, you know, bad company behaving badly. Uh, and I think a lot of it was around the harassment stuff. Uh, yeah. That was the stuff that kind of made yeah. people go, you know what, I'm done. And so there's a big lesson there. If you're fighting for people's rights, this is the way I look at it. If you're fighting for people's rights to use a product, you're doing an innovative product, you're taking on incumbents, great. But if you're just being, um, if people feel you're bullying people or you're abusing people, or abusing your power, that's when they turn on you. And right. I think that's what you saw at the peak was they just people felt like, okay, Uber's now the 800 pound gorilla, Uber's now the bully, right? And that's when the people were like, ah, I'll just delete Uber and I'll go to this thing. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, they ultimately they won. So this is another thing to to understand about how power works. Very rarely do people remember how you got the power, uh, mm -hmm. how you got the money, uh, and how you succeeded. Now, I'm not saying... <laughs> That's not like life advice necessarily. It's just an observation. But getting the power, uh, you know, and uh, then people just don't remember what happened. They just remembered you built a great company and you got a lot well, of power. Look at Facebook's a great example of it. I mean, they don't remember why you can actually use an app now to call a taxi or pay with your, you know, something other than cash. <laughs> yeah. Like it, no, really no, it did. just becomes a standard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you make a really good point, which is that there were that you have to fight really, really, really hard. You have to yeah. be absolutely gonzo to try to take on an abs an utterly entrenched incumbent that is 100% corrupt. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. And also, you yeah. have to probably be not very nice in the process. Yeah, I mean... It, being super nice is yeah. not going to win. It never you, has. There's a time, like, everybody likes to think, like, wartime, you know, is uh, pleasant and it's messy. And it's not pleasant and bad things happen. And like, yeah, this was exactly. a war time and people hate the metaphor. I know some people are triggered by like me using wars or plane crashes for uh, in samurai. But this was a wartime situation, right? And, and Travis is a wartime CEO. There's just some, some CEOs are built for it. And, right. uh, you know, and Steve Jobs was also they... a wartime CEO when he went up against Microsoft, right? Microsoft was just, it, it's very analogous, Molly. Microsoft was this loved company. Oh my God, they're putting software everywhere. And then it was like, oh, they're overplaying their hand. and. They're, you know, um, dictating too much of what happens in the market. And then Steve Jobs became the antidote to that, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it, I suppose it has, it's unfortunate that it might have to follow that you then have a sort of a, like you've got this kind of gonzo wartime situation and then you end up with a toxic work environment. I don't know if those things have to go hand in hand, but they did. And I think that is what did more damage to Uber's reputation, probably Definitely. even then. Some well, and it was also that was, you know, the Me Too era at the same time. And if you were to look at Google and the amount of complaints at Google, I can guarantee you, uh, just based on what I know, <laughs> that Google 
Google's early years compared to like Uber's worst moment <laughs> would be not comparable. Um, there was just also a cultural moment at that time, right? Um, and a, gr a great cultural moment of accountability. So, yeah. Listen, dealing with your personal health and wellness, it can be daunting. You're probably being bombarded by ads and blog posts. And you have no idea where to start. And that's why Thorne created a care system that's personalized, preventative, and holistic while still being science-based. And if you're a high-performing founder or operator, you need to make sure you take care of your health. And listen, I was out of shape for a long time. Now I'm taking my health very seriously, and you should too. And that's where Thorne can help. Thorne offers at-home tests, which identify where you need the most care, like a gut test that analyzes your gut microbiome, and a stress test that measures your stress hormone fluctuations. These tests help eliminate the guesswork for good health by providing personalized steps for how you should eat, how to exercise, and what supplements you should take. These are the questions that are on all of our minds. They've got a range of multivitamins and supplements you can subscribe to, and Thorne is totally vertically integrated. So you're not dealing with anybody in the middle. Again, this is personalized health and wellness. To get started and take 10% off your first order, I want you to head to thorne.com slash the letter U slash twist. That's thorn.com slash you slash twist. Thanks for supporting the show, Thorn. Really appreciate it. And thanks for making such an innovative product. Back to present day Uber. Okay, here we go. Present day. Present day Uber. Uh, Twitter user Joshua Ogundo tweeted the following screenshot of this Burberry ad that he was wow. served in his Uber app, which presumably was, I think, geolocated or one assumes. Anyway, it seems like they're testing some apps. I don't know anything about this except that you tweeted, you know, it would be a yeah. million dollar business. Do you know if it's geolocated? What do we know about I this? I don't know that. Other than I know the one this tweet. Was, this was always in the plans. I had talked to Travis and the team there about it. And we have an investment in a company called Rapify, which wraps cars um, on the road. And some of them are Ubers and Lyfts and DoorDashes. And they would pay to wrap your car to get your ads. And then Rapify will allow you, it's still operating as a business, to do an ad buy. And then you would see all the cars on the road. And you know, hey, these cars were on the 280. These cars were by the you know warriors arena during the game and you would get credit for those impressions right so you think about it, it's pretty cool um and of course because they're independent contractors uber drivers lyft drivers can do these things outside of the uber or lyft ecosystem and this i was always like hey man we should wrap the cars right imagine if we had a million cars get wrapped for the super bowl or for i don't know an avengers movie and it's like yeah then they become full-time employees, you know, we're dictating how they drive, yada, yada. Mm. And so it's hard to be a freelancer, right? And so the cars, you have a lot of kept advertising, you have a lot of uh, what's called the kept audience. So, and you have a lot of data on them. This is incredibly valuable. You've been in taxis, I'm sure, or in Vegas where they have those oh, annoying yeah. ad those things. Annoying where ads and you're like, off, off, oh, off, please off, turn off. off the video, <laughs> off, off, off. And then some Uber drivers would have those in their cars as well. Yeah. Um, but this business is different. Now you're in the app. This is why Uber's becoming a super app. And this is why Uber, I think, will become the number one super app in uh, the Western world very quickly. You, they have experiences in it now. Um, they have the gold belly business. You can ship like e-commerce wise, you know, your favorite brisket from Texas to your house or to a friend as a gift and now advertising. And so somebody was saying this might have been from Google's ad network, but imagine you are driving to your destination and it says there's a starbucks or a phil's you know coffee yeah. within two blocks 150 feet of your destination would you like to reroute there and get a dollar off this would be 
bonkers in -hmm. terms of, you know, the impact it would have. Because if the person did click reroute, Google, I'm sorry, Google, uh, Uber could just ask for a dollar, (laughs) you know, for sending the customer there. Uh, It could be an incredible, incredible. um, Oh, my God. Imagine it if you were on your way places and you could actually search for a waypoint. Like I'm going to this thing and I have a this is going to be the oldest lady example. But for whatever reason, it's the one that popped into my head. Oh, I have a run in my stockings or a hole in my sock. I need to stop at Walgreens and Mm -hmm. like pick up or I didn't bring my lipstick or I'm out of chapstick. Like if you could have some version of waypoints and you could use the uber app to be like help i need chapstick and it would be like do you want to stop at walgreens you know maybe it costs you an extra dollar but you don't care and then while uber gets paid twice because they get a lead from walgreens like amazing or imagine you're going to a destination it knows it's a hotel Mm -hmm. okay it knows you're going to a hotel it assumes hey maybe you're staying there because you're coming from the airport right to the hotel and then it says by the way here are the shows playing near you here are the restaurants playing near you would you like to get a reservation make a reservation Boom. So that's or I'm going to this movie theater, right? So you know, it's a movie theater. What do people do after movies? They may get a bite to eat, may get a drink. And it says, hey, here's some cocktails or you're going to a movie during the day. It's like, hey, here's some ice cream places and some boba places, whatever. Yep. So this could be very quickly uh, with hundreds of millions of people in the app and their location. And you know, they're in an Uber black versus an Uber X, you know, Uber X could be Starbucks, Uber black could be you know, Blue Bottle might bid higher for that. Right. Uh, maybe or a, cask. A, or like Brandon Brooks is one of the noties just pointed out, if you're on the way to a Steelers game, you get Steelers merch ads, you could order f- food perfect. and beer ahead. Like if sure. you could say, that's the easiest place to start is with events. I'm going to this concert. I want yep. to pre-order food and drinks. Sure. Or buy my way to the front of the line or whatever. And it's just like instant Any kind of, yeah. revenue uh, generation. And, and here's the great thing. That's going to be a marketplace. So if you're uh, Cirque du Soleil, and mm-hmm. you know, the average person spends $400. And your Starbucks, you know, the average person spends, you know, $8. Cirque du Soleil is going to say, you know what, you're in Vegas, you're going to see Cirque du Soleil ads. And, you know, but you're in Boise. And, you know, there's nobody else competing. I said, yeah, you can get the Starbucks ad. So yeah. this could be really big, you know, cash for Uber. And if you want to see the analogy, y- you need only look at what's happening with Instagram ads or more accurately amazon's ad network amazon's you know instagram was designed to do ads but amazon never even thought about that and now they've got a multi-billion dollar ad business inside of and you see it right when you do a search there's ads right there and it says sponsored that means ads this really could be big and i'll be interested to see this is where the ghosts of the past come back to haunt dara a little bit like uber stock now right this second right is down 3.7 percent today to a 42 billion dollar market cap still not profitable dara's trying to make all these moves that could be huge and all of these Uber file stories are going to keep coming out. And so it'll be interesting to see how hard he has to fight the, like, yeah. the history, the accumulated history of how you got here. And there are still complaints. In fact, even that one of the noties is, was a was an Uber driver and was talking about, you yeah. know, watching his pay go to yeah. so little that he eventually, eventually quit. Like, there are still some barriers to this. And I mean, it's analogous to the Twitter thing, right? Like, you have a new CEO, in this case, brand new from outside, who's trying to build this thing. Yep. And has this sort of accumulated scar tissue. And it's yeah. like, can he overcome it? Yeah. And the good there's news a ton is, of potential here. Yeah. I mean, the good news is they've raised prices massively and the subsidies have stopped. So that right. was the other thing we were waiting for. I think we all thought it would happen quicker that, <laughs> you know, Lyft and DoorDash and Uber would stop competing against each other and stop spending massively to incentivize the drivers to go from one platform to the other. But now with Lyft running out of money, DoorDash being forced to show they can be profitable and uber being forced to show they were profitable they've all switched to you yeah. know show cash flow and the gro- 
Uber's growth has been tremendous and their price to sales ratio is incredibly modest. So I'm a long-term holder. And I've actually been thinking I'm going to start actively trading the market. Uh, so mm. this is like a mini announcement, Nick, uh, oh for boy. producer Nick. Oh boy. I, I just, Trapping. you know, I had some, I had a couple million bucks. Uh, enough flexing here. I'm just- Jay trading. I'm going to start Jay trading on the show. <laughs> so here's my idea. I, I just, I had some money sitting in like one of Why these- Why is that like, not a show? That's a show. Jay trading. Okay. Well, anyway, it's going to be a segment. So here's what I'm going to do. Oh I'm going to take like a million bucks or two million is bucks. Is this legal? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think it's going to be legal. Yeah, you're gonna, good. Is this investment advice? This is not investment advice. Do yeah. not follow my- Say that about It's not investment advice. But I'm going to explain my trades and I'm going to make my trades live on the air. So I talked to my partner. I said, I want to start actively trading. And she was like, yeah, you know, like every time you <laughs> like go make money, like she wants to ride the horse, you know, like you got a, you got a pony, you want to, you want to see yeah. a run. So yeah, starting next week, I'm going to clear out some of these like, you know, Vanguard funds I have. It. I'm going to do it live and I'm going to just maybe for what do you think nick if i was going to put let's just pick a number two million bucks first thing i would do i would say wait to clear your vanguard funds out until you move to austin or miami for six months that's all right i, that I, I don't mind taking order of advice <laughs> i don't mind paying a little tax here <laughs> right. it's no big deal i mean they're up but it's not like they're up ridiculous i'm actually so, with cole highland consult an attorney first before you start doing this live anyway here's what i'm gonna first do live. Uh -huh. i'm gonna say here's my trade I want to pull up the account live. I want to put the trade in live and I'll explain my thinking. And then I'll have the noties tell me if they think this is a good, a good trade or not. And so like, I really want to build a position in Disney. I, I talk about Disney all the time. I love Disney. So, but I've been talking to the show about you. I love Disney, but why don't I just, you know, when I say I love Disney, I'll just say, okay, Hey Nick, trade 50 K on the Disney. Boom. And we just put it in there. Somebody says they hate it. Oh, I know. Greenhouse creative. I really Somebody's hate like, this. <laughs> We watch Jason go broke. J trade. Well, it's going to be a small amount of my net worth, but I think it would be fascinating. Doesn't it get into front run. This is going to be huge. Kramer meets twist. Yeah, it's Kramer. It's going to be Kramer meets Jason's twist. Moving markets. Look out, Kramer. My best of front run. <laughs> huh? Yo, nobody. That's why I'm going to do it live. I'm literally going to share my screen. I'm going to say I'm buying this much Disney. Buy the end because I, we we talk about these companies and we do all the back of the envelope math. How cool would it be if we did the back of the envelope math? And then I said, you know what? I think BuzzFeed's going to get bought out for like three times. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a 25 K bet. Boom. Put it into the thing. And then is there a platform? I don't know if anybody knows this where you could see all my trades live. If not, that would be a good start. Uh, I think we just onboarded we maybe one as an advertiser actually last week. We did. Okay, cool. Yeah. Remember them? The I social, uh, financial platform. Was that? for me to go do that or that was no, like no, other no, no, experts no, 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 no. they're they're doing ads on this week in startups but no i know but w would i be able to share my trades or is that i thought they had existing experts who you were going to follow they do Common have stuff. that but i'm sure that they would onboard you quickly if you're like hey i'm doing this for content yeah well i'm doing it for content also i'd like to i think the market's going to be i think it's going to be a unique buying opportunity for the next three to 12 months but i and i because everybody's so scared like every week watching what we do here everybody's so scared everybody's so down on these companies watching like the meta discussion on all in of like this chaos when there's this much chaos it feels yeah. like that's the right time to buy right and not be in an index fund uh, for me at least personally you, you do what you want with your money um, chat says common stock by the way common stock and public also public, but common stock, stock seems to be the one that anyway so if somebody could uh do some research on like if i was going to publicly do it that'd be good and then if people could follow my trades 
and then they could just put money into an account and just do exactly what I do. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want responsibility of you following you, my trades. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, that's literally what is going to happen, which is why I call a lawyer first. Or just shorting saying. you or shorting you, which would be way. Or yeah, people, you. Might, people might fade my trades. I mean, what if I'm a maniac and I'm like, Short you know the what? J trading index. It, what if I'm a maniac? To be completely honest with you, I think it would be cool uh, if you made a, a some a modest amount of profit from this, but it would be way better for content if you just like got cut in half immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, I, I think that's what's going to happen because yeah. I'll tell you and my you strategy. Nick's in a murder mood. Be my plan is to rule. Oh here's my God. my plan is to. Um, take a 10 year view of these trades, which is because I don't want to make these trades like and be a day trader and be like have another thing distracting me in my life. I just think it's a unique time to buy something and hold it for 10 years. So um, I was actually looking at SPAC. So I was thinking about doing like a JCal SPAC pack. Oh boy. Because <laughs> I think there's a couple of the SPAC companies like, listen, I, we were private investors in desktop metal. I still believe in that company. Uh, Joby, I always wanted to be an investor in Joby. Um, so I think there's some of them that, you know, you could actually trade in the, I don't want to say short term, but some of them would be long trades like desktop metal and Joby. And some of them would be maybe short trades like Peloton and, um, Buzzfeed, which I think will be buyout candidates. If they're buyout candidates, you may get a quick 20, 30% lift when they get bought out. All right. Uh, I, I don't give financial advice. Coming but. on this thing live and saying that you are interested in buying up some SPACs and Peloton and BuzzFeed is the most contrarian thing you've ever said in your life. That is insane. It, it might be. <laughs> like literally Stan Hope the Nodi was like, are you high right now? Yeah, I'm a little I high, yeah. yeah I'm saying. Saying. This is unbelievable. I put what a little bellies in my, my Cobra. I'm, call, I'm high on Cobra. Oh no, man, this is a hell of a Monday. You're an idiot, but that rocks. Yeah, you should. All right, do that. there we go. The right, creativity so the flow. That's what's happening. Exactly. That's what happens when I spend too much time in the mountains. Text like um, blink if you're okay. That's true. The air is pretty thin. The air yeah. is thin. No, I've been up here for a week. I'm good. All right, let's talk about. Um, but anyway, so congratulations uh, to the Uber team over there. I think I don't. Get, I don't want to give projections, but I think the stock is going to triple in the next five years. So um, that's just my. That's why I'm holding. I may actually buy more Uber and Robinhood. Those are two stocks I think are severely undervalued. So I might double down on existing positions again, you know? Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Live. Okay. And I'll do it live. <laughs> I'll um, do it live. Take, Kramer, Kramer, you know what Kramer. we need is we need right. a stinger for like a live, you know, like uh, a live trade. We got to come up with like a CNBC, like Jake House making a live trade. And so whenever I said, you know what, trade me 50k on that, it does that like sound. Mm -hmm. And then you see Nick trading and the, the trade gets put in and we do like a trading, <laughs> old timey trading sound. Lawyer. In this, in this lawyer. <laughs> lawyer. Right, can a lawyer tell me if what I've described today will get me in trouble or not? If I trade live on the air or do I have to say I'm about to do this trade, I'm going to do it at, a, you know, when the market closes today, I'm going to put the order in. What would be like just the most financial hygiene? mostly most hygienic financially uh and just in fairness because i also want to be fair to people like i don't want to say i did this and then pump it so right. if i was doing it live that wouldn't be a pump right it would just be like you're watching me trade it live yeah i don't know yeah just don't Lawyer. use a big green hammer that signifies a pump <laughs> no i'm gonna literally expand my thinking and then click the buy button live on air yeah i know cole highland who is really nerd Cole Highland, who's the most nervous about this, said you can trade live on the air. I mean, this is not legal advice either. Dave Portnoy did it on Twitter Live. Yes, that's uh, you need disclaimers legally. Yes, probably in text. Like we'd need it on the bottom of the screen. That would be like 
This is not investment advice. Don't be an idiot. What do you think, Don't Molly? Be you think idiot. it'd be funny to do? I'm terrified right now, but sure. It it's your money, man. Be funny. That's it. Would be I unequivocally would, funny. I'll, it is unequivocally hilarious, and I will happily watch you do this with your money. What, what if you get in for the trade? What if I do two million and you do twenty thousand? You <laughs> just shadow each trade. You fade. Oh, I was going to be like, and I do two dollars. That's how yeah, I bet. You put $2. twenty. Put twenty. Right. And you can afford yeah. twenty, and then you just follow them. I'm just imagining you like this right, is boys, a long way we're from aping into BuzzFeed today. Everybody, <laughs> exactly. Here we go. We're aping <laughs> into BuzzFeed. No, oh like, no. The next what? thing you no. know, what? I would literally Dave say Dave Portnoy did it is also every reason not to do a fair point stand fair point no, all right. no, I Dave Portnoy was hilarious the runway left and I am good bullish TV. Like, I'm bullish you remember I said like you're going to know the bottom of the market when a company has more cash in the bank or more revenue than their valuation and that means somebody's going to look at this and just buy it mm-hmm. and when they buy it it has to be at a premium to the market because that's how it works you have to give an offer that's higher for people to accept it and so I do think like something that could happen with Peloton or BuzzFeed is what happened with Zendesk, which is yeah. somebody comes in and says, hey, I'll just give you 20% over the market, yada, yada. Hmm. That's fair. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a stupid bet to Great make TV. with like all of your money, but I think it's an entertaining bet. I would consider that like me gambling, like playing. Po- I would consider this whole thing a high stakes poker game for me, but based on my knowledge, right? Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. talk about. It's good TV. Apple cars. Let's do it. Speaking of good TV. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of a long running drama. Speaking of drama, this thing's got, this this thing makes ER jealous. Let's go. Hey, oh, the Apple car project, maybe Mm. you've noticed because it doesn't exist yet. Project Titan. Yeah. uh, Has been going on for eight years. Apple has spent the last eight years trying to maybe build a self-driving car or software for a car or back to maybe building a car. But the upshot is that the information interviewed 20 people who worked on the project and TLDR, it's a mess. Okay. Now, this is interesting. The information interviewed 20 people who were in the, did they say if they were in the program previously, currently in the program? I love how the information put this in context. Yep. So, so they, I feel more confident in this reporting if there was 20 people and they all had either worked on or are currently working on the project. That sounds like a good sample size because yes. there's probably a thousand people working on it. Is that's the number that was the whisper number I heard years ago. I think so. I've heard that too. Well, they're saying this uh, among the many fascinating things in this article is that Apple may be spending up to a billion dollars a year okay. on this project, even Great. though a big part of what has caused all the setbacks with it is that they keep having to spend all this time convincing Apple's leadership that it's important and they should keep doing it. Wait, they're getting gaslit by Tim Cook? Tim Cook evidently won't like come visit, won't look at the what? product, won't talk to them. Craig Federer. So how are you in a business? Imagine if you were J. Cal, would you spend, I got so worked up, I called you J. Cal. Yeah, would you ahead. spend a billion dollars a year? Would you spend a hundred dollars a year on something that you could not be bothered with? A billion dollars a year on something that he just is like, ah, I don't think so. So then I they had to like- nagging them to get performance. Maybe they like whipped up, but then it's causing them to backslide. They like whipped strategy. up this like, this like fake demo with cars that they rented on a, on a specific what? track to be like, look, we got it. We're doing it. Wait, so they're ma- so that was the thing I thought was really interesting about this, this is that they made a video, a highly produced video with drone shots and everything uh-huh. that is to impress Tim Cook and management. 
That's interesting in and of itself. Do you know what this mm-hmm. reminds me of is, remember uh, Bezos inside of Amazon would have them write the press release yep. in order to like kind of get an idea of like, hey, here's what we're going to tell the press. And then here's the FAQ for the customers, right? That was a way to say, hey, what is the finished product going to look like? How do we defend this its existence in the world? How do we market it? And totally. obviously, Apple has been known to make commercials. So I'm wondering if these are kind of like the commercials or what would be the demo at the um, keynote, right? So this is a, it sounds to me like a keynote video and or right. videos for a commercial. And sometimes they put the commercials in the keynotes. That's actually kind of a brilliant thing on the, just on the side of, hey, if you want to make this thing, give us our updates in the way we would tell our passionate, most passionate customers during a keynote. So that's kind of slick. But the fact that the cars, because the also in the reporting was, this is like 40 miles of road through Montana, which by the way, yeah. the people in Montana are driving drunk and like, you know, with their foot out the window and a shotgun <laughs> in their hand. That's not a difficult task to ride a road in Montana. I've driven <laughs> oh, those roads. You know, this is my Come home on. state. I'm just saying, Molly, am I, am I directionally correct? In your childhood, did you ever see anybody with a foot out the window driving? Did we ever pick up a six pack for the road? And yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Maybe. Fine. Maybe. Okay. However. So. I know, they, it's not an insult. It's just that you have very straight, long roads that are perfect with no potholes <laughs> on them. Well, that's apparently one of the big complaints, actually, about the insiders interviewed here in this story. Oh, is that, No pun intended, because um, it was an Apple insider, too, is that they're like, what they keep doing is proving over and over that they can do a super specific track that's easy. And yeah. then and then they so they did this big demo in Montana. And then they used these so- prototyped vehicles and created this drone video. And then it came back to San Francisco and the cars were like running into the curb and weaving in and out of the lanes, which to be fair is also everything that happens in San Francisco driving. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So, so yeah. in Montana, have you ever seen anybody sit on their window and drive the car with their, drive the steering wheel with their foot? Yes. Like that's, that's how in San hard Francisco? it is. San Francisco? Yes. No, I no, not San Francisco. That, that well. happens in San Francisco too. Uh-huh, they actually exactly. just drive, they just climb onto the top of their hood. And they drive up on the curb. <laughs> then they drive, drive on back top in. of the hood. Cars drive straight by default. That's how cars work. <laughs> you get no credit for driving straight. Okay? <laughs> this is such a weird spicy Monday show. Anyway, it is just, it's been back and forth, right? They're, they've like decided if it's going to be yes. a physical car. At one point it was going to be software. Now they're back. Now they keep testing it. But, but. It seems like fundamentally, the biggest problem is that upper management is not behind this. And I, I mean, honestly, when they announced this for years, I was like, they're not going to build a car. And I'm still not sure they're going to, despite all of this money. Like, is this pot committed at this point, Jason? Um, you know, when you have $200 billion in cash, and then it just keeps coming in, you keep buying back your stock, and you don't know what to do with your money, and you build like a $5 billion campus, that makes no sense in the world when you have you know, more efficient campuses you could move into or make. Like, they have so much funny money. I, I wonder how much money a day in profits AirPods make. They call AirPods? Yeah, AirPods. Mm-hmm. What, what is it? I mean, I know the AirPods is like, they always have that infographic going around that it's like, you know, it'd be the 12th largest tech company or something. Right. What is the profits on AirPods? I get the sense that this is a billion dollars is probably two days worth of iPhone profits. And like maybe a month worth of AirPods. Right. So sure, so why not spend a billion? Yeah. And I mean, is it they have a tax write-off? Like it, at some point, if it's it a loss, it's then it's a write-off, yeah. right? Yeah, it's R&D. It's R&D. But they're, they're so profitable, yes. So it's, it's free money. And think about it. If you have 200 billion and you make five, but 5% on that, that means mm-hmm. every year you're getting 10 billion in profits from your 
money sitting over here, let alone the profits coming in from every other overpriced product, cable, you know, and nonsense they're selling to us that we can't stop buying. So yeah. sure, they should be, if anything, they should be doing 10 projects like this and negging all 10 groups in the off chance that one works. <laughs> like they should literally, uh, they were doing a TV at one point. I remember like hearing this, you know, Scoble had heard oh, yeah, it. And other people an and they were going to do a TV. Yeah, and they were going like, to do no, a TV. Not. Well, yeah, and it's, I think what you have to realize is they probably in their secret rooms there are making designs of everything. Why wouldn't you? You know, it just keeps your R&D group engaged. Yeah. So about uh 265 million dollars of profit per day it, for the total company in 2021. 265 90, million per year. So in 4 days per billion in profit day. per year, 260 yeah, so a billion dollars a year is So in 4 days over the long weekend, they of, made yeah. that much money over the July 4th weekend. Over the July 4th weekend, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it is insane. insane to neg those people, but maybe this is like Tim Cook's thing where he's like, you know, I, I, you guys keep working harder, but I'm not coming out there until you guys can, you know, impress me with something. It would be so and your dope. drone videos, not cutting it. <laughs> can I give a quick shout out to the production company that produced that drone video and probably squeezed Apple for like a five X premium on whatever they charge. Oh shout my God. Yeah, they're not even looking at that though. Forget it. Day. Yeah. Shout I out to those people. Apple makes their, some vi like these videos that I'm sure they have an in-house production team that does those videos because they don't want to have somebody leak it. Probably. Got, they must have Knowing Apple, I'm sure they do. How many video yeah. editors, can somebody leak this information to me? How <laughs> many video editors, people in their production department, do they have at Apple? That might be 500 people. <laughs> It probably is, yeah. Yeah. That's I actually mean, a great point. I never thought about that before. They definitely don't outsource it because they don't want any no, leads. No I mean, chance. they will let you make ads after the product's out, right? They're famous for giving money to ad agencies. But yeah, internally, there must be people who are... There's your next job, Nick. If you <laughs> Can you imagine what they would pay Nick to work there, producer Nick? Um, but yeah, Nick, I think... don't you dare. Don't you do it, Nick. Um, it, that would be a really crummy job, though, because you get to see all this cool stuff, make these videos, and then they burn the tapes. They just uh, delete it all, right? Just like you have to go work inside of a private room where you don't have access to any of the files. And, uh, you know, they, they scan you when you leave the campus that you're not stealing any videos. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, all right. never hire me. They'd Hope be like, springs. Your, your uncle was the guy who lied about the iPad. And <laughs> <caused> <laughs> <a complete laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You're changing your last name. They no, would do I'm your kidding. last name and be like, oh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Hard no. You have to change your last name. Callan. My name is Nick Callan. Yeah. It's my I'm name is Nick Turchy now. Nicholas Turchy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. What a we great got show. A scamper. What a great show. There is so much show. more. There's so much more interesting news and conversations. We're like backed up on them, but more keeps coming. But so it's going to be a big week ahead. Big week ahead. Yeah, we got. There was a lot of Twitter threads over the weekend. I want to chime mm -hmm. in on. Join us uh, in the Twitter community. That's where you can talk to us i think there's 1700 of us there now or so mm -hmm. and we talk about the show before the show shows up uh thanks to all the noties uh thanks to the 250 people watching live and you can join us live every day youtube.com slash this weekend and we just chat you get about i would say 20 to 50 percent more show if you come to the youtube channel uh and if you give a super chat we're going to give those all to charity i think i'm going to give those to little steven's silvio's uh charity nick where he's teaching kids how to play music in disadvantaged uh neighborhoods in jersey so i think that's kind of a cool one all right everybody we'll see you tomorrow follow at mollywood follow at jason we'll see you back here tomorrow don't forget to uh join us on the discord this week okay. startups.com slash discord and, and you can keep chatting even when the show's not live correct absolutely yeah. all right we'll see you all tomorrow bye bye bye